You're listening to the Tour Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 17 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockolds, and I am delighted to welcome onto the line, it is Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. How are you doing yourself? I'm very good. I'm very good. There's lots of Western League football um, for us to talk about. Uh, Lots of Western League football matches going on pretty much every day of the week at the moment. Um, You know, you could be forgiven for thinking there was some sort of tournament on, but I just Mm -hmm. don't have a a minute to spare. Well, very much so. And, yeah. and there's a few few games going on in that competition midweek. Absolutely. Um, uh, well, you know, I, 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 I certainly couldn't think of a more important cup competition to be following than the Les Phillips. Not at the moment. Um, no, very much so. Um, we've got a fantastic episode of the uh, the Western League podcast um, for you. T- again, two um, interviews with managers we've not heard from um, uh, this season. Um, a, a new one for the podcast, Marvin Brown from Canesham Town. That rhymes. Um, they've uh, they had a good win at the weekend, so we, we get a chance to speak to Marvin. And um, uh, Chris Allway from um, Longwell Green Sports, they had a good win at the weekend, so that was uh, it was a good opportunity to get him on as well. We're going to be looking at the fixtures that were played on Saturday the 19th of November and we're going to be kicking off with um, two powerhouses, a (laughs) top-of-the-table clash in the Premier Division, Barnstable Town against Bridgewater United. Bridgewater consistently inconsistent. Every time we think they're going to run away with the league, Tom, they manage to falter, normally at um, Wellington, um, but um, they really put their title credentials on the line with a very strong performance away at a, a very good Barnstable side. They really did, yeah. I think this was a, a decent result for them, wasn't it? Because obviously, as you say, they've not been most consistent, but a goal, uh, the, and well, sorry, a win that came, yeah, in tough circumstances. They lost Jordan Greenwood to a 25th minute red card uh, with the game still nil-nil at the time. So, uh, yeah, Bridgewater very much up against it at that point. But, uh, yeah, they responded really well. And it was uh, a couple of minutes later where they actually went in front, Jack Thorne uh, slotting home. Uh, and Thorne, an interesting one. He's just joined them from... Uh, Nails Ian Tickenham, obviously, uh, having, and he's been having a yeah real good impact with them. I think he was uh, atop the uh, the first division uh, goal scoring charts, so uh, a decent little uh, mid season signing for Bridgewater, and he made an instant impact, uh, putting them ahead in this one. Uh, and then it was uh, yeah, 20 minutes from time where they they wrap things up. Jack Taylor, another another man who definitely knows where the back of the net is, as we know, and uh, yeah, he scored to to double uh, Bridgewater's lead, and uh, they managed to hold on. So a 2-0 win for them away at Barnstable. So, yeah, as I say, a really decent result for for Bridgie. It certainly was. Bridgewater there, sharp as a thorn. (laughs) Um, Right, now moving on to Clevedon Town, a five-goal thriller, Tom, against Torpoint Athletic. Yeah, and eventually it was the the host who came out on top, uh, an injury-time winner as well, so... Uh, yeah, really ent- entertaining fixture, I would, I would say. Uh, Sam Tilson's header early in the second half got Torpoint back on back on level terms after Freddie King had put the home home side in front, and it was then Nathaniel Groom powering a header, powering a header home to to put Clevedon back ahead. So two one two one lead they took into the the final sort of 15 minutes or so. Uh, Torpoint, yeah, doing well again to come back into it, responding responding in kind to make it make it to a piece but uh, yeah as i say uh, injury time penalty uh, king failed in the box and it was alex cam who who stepped up under all that pressure and uh, slotted home to to give clevedon maximum points so a 3-2 win and as you say a five a five goal thriller uh, ending with uh, clevedon beating to a point now our next game is canesham town against millbrook i saw canesham town a couple of weeks ago down at wellington they were on the end of um 
uh, well, it was a difficult day at the office, let's put it like that. They had a much better day, Tom, on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. They've been without a, a victory in quite a while. I think it was early September in, in the league that they've picked up the, their uh, previous three points. But that was, uh, yeah, that run was put to an end on the weekend. So good stuff from Kane. A 2-1 win uh, over Millbrook. Uh, it didn't start particularly well. They fell behind inside the opening five minutes. Uh, but yeah, they managed to get back on level terms pretty soon after. Uh, and that was Henry Sardi equalising um, to make it one apiece. I think that was within 10 minutes of the, the start. So a quick start to the game down there. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was how it remained for, for much of the afternoon, in fact. Uh, but it was Sardi again, uh, striking late on to, to put Keynesham ahead for the first time. And they, they hung on. And uh, yeah, a, a crucial three points to get them get them uh, yeah get them a bit of confidence as i say it's been a while uh, so uh, yeah good stuff from Keynesham. a 2-1 come from behind win over millbrook absolutely and it's um it's really about time we got Keynesham back on the podcast obviously they were um a big part of our our bath mind and um, fundraising uh, exercise that we did last season uh, but it's been all change since um my last visit uh, to Canesham Town, not just in terms of the manager, not just in terms of the players, but also the philosophy of the club. And it was excellent to speak to Marvin Brown um, about exactly what's been going on, exactly what the setup is now at um, at Canesham Town. But we started our conversation by reflecting on that win over Millbrook. Really good, really good result. Um, The boys definitely... Um, earned it and deserved it, I think. Um, and for us, we've had lots of good performances and just haven't managed to to get the results that you know we think we warranted. So really, really pleased for the boys. Because that was your first win for a while, but um, your your games have been very close, haven't they? I mean, is that, that must have been a sort of frustrating period for you this season? Um, yes and no. I mean, we've we're probably very different to um, a lot of. The, clubs in the league um, we're a very very young team and we have you know our players are anywhere from 16 to 20 so you know I don't think there'll be many if any clubs um, in the league in our league or leagues around us really with an average age of you know around sort of 18 19 years old so for us we want the boys to compete first um, and we want to play in a particular style and as long as they're you know competing and we're not you know losing games really heavily for us we know that the group will develop and eventually start to get the wins that their performances deserve. And that's really been the tale of your season, isn't it? Because it did start, um, it was a challenging start for you, but you, you know, you came through that and I think, you, you know, you have been very competitive. You've had some, some, you know, you've had some very good results this season. So you must be really pleased with the way that your side has developed at this level. Definitely. I mean, we started the season having to put a whole new team together. You know, we haven't got one player who was with us last season um, when the previous uh, management team left so we didn't have very long to put like I said put a side together and, and start to sort of try and get the players to adopt our ideas and so boys have come from a lot of different places and we've used our um, sort of relationships from being in professional academies myself and the coaching team have all been in professional academies locally so there's boys who have been released by clubs and you know I found it difficult afterwards to to find clubs that they would consider to be at the level where their ability lies but I think that we've been able to persuade them to come and be part of a project and so off the back of that you know we expected a really difficult se- um, start to the season and it was you know it was, it was really difficult and but we like I said we had a plan and, and we thought the first half would be really difficult we would try and get our ideas across we were going to play in a, what we consider to be an attractive style of football 
having a young team, we thought, you know, trying to go direct and being physical, this isn't going to work. Um, so we had to play a style that we thought was going to get the boys an opportunity to one, compete, and then two, go and win games. And hopefully, you know, we're going to go into the second half of the season and get more results. But we've been delighted with the boys' efforts and what we've been able to produce, um, especially between the boxes. Because I'm, I'm very interested in, in, in that sort of philosophy and, and the, uh, the, the, the setup that you've got at Canesham. I mean, I, I was at your game against um, Wellington um, a few weeks ago and I had a chat with, um, with Jules, your um, secretary um, there, who, who was a great help to us um, last season when we did a, we did a bucket collection for, for, for Bath Mind at um, one of your games. But I know the club has changed a lot and there'll be people listening to this who, who, who obviously, you know, they're not necessarily Keynesian fans who won't necessarily um, uh, understand uh, about how you're, you're looking at things. But from what you've just explained there, uh, it sounds to me like, you know, the, the, the ethos that you're trying to um, bring to Keynesian is this opportunity of giving players who perhaps have fallen out of the academy system at a higher level an opportunity back into the game and an opportunity to still compete and develop. I mean, is that a fair synopsis? Yes, it is. I mean, our company, Total Pro Soccer, we've been in Bristol and Wiltshire developing young players for for 10 years, um, mostly younger than sort of first team level. So we've got a post-16 academy um, and we've got development centres right down to under fives and sixes. So we've been doing that for 10 years, as well as myself and Ashley Morgan, who owns a company with me, sort of being in and out of different academies. So for us, that's that's what we do. That's our bread and butter. And that's what we, you know, why we do it. We want to develop young players. And so... Is not going to be a scenario where we go and just recruit, you know, a 30-year-old journeyman who, you know, who we think will just help us go and win games. That's not the point of what we're trying to do. So we'll level down our sword and we'll we continue to to play a certain style. And like I said, it's going to be with young, talented players. Now we know when it's already happened. Um, people will come and see our young, talented players and and want them to go and play in higher leagues and so on. And for us, that's not not an issue you know we've got lots of players who want to come and play for us because of the environment we've got um, because of the style of football that we play and for us most of these players wouldn't get an opportunity at this level because playing young players at this level they're going to make mistakes you know they're going to be naive at times and if you know your philosophy is or you know you've got pressure from above to get short-term results it's going to be really difficult to play these young lads and so we're getting more and more players wanting to come to us who have been with us in pre-season and had opportunities to go to a higher league, not necessarily getting the game time that they would like and coming back to us and and thriving. Um, And like I said, for us, if we're going to help young players get back to the levels wherever they've been in academies and they get an opportunity to go back into academies or they can jump a couple leagues um, to sort of several Premier League teams or even higher, then for us, that job done at the same time as making sure we are, like I said, competing game to game within the league and of course we don't want to get relegated or anything like that and we are confident that the second half of the season like I said those performances that we are putting in will get us more points and so it's really all about developing young players and giving them a a platform and an opportunity to show what they can do on a regular basis not you know play one game and then you're taken out because it's easy to take the young player out Mm -hmm. you've got a full squad of young players like I said anywhere from 16 to to 20 um, and those players are really delivering for us at the minute and they've take, they've taken on what we're asking them to do they're playing in the style that is we think attractive um, we get lots of compliments from home and away fans about the way that we play whether we're winning or not and I think we just try to play a, um, a style of play that's attractive to watch as well as trying to, to get winning results 
I mean, you mentioned there that you don't want to get relegated. So, I mean, is that the sort of objective for this season is to try and keep Kane Chim in um, uh, in the Premier Division? We didn't know a lot about the league before we, we took over, but we knew, like I said, we, we knew a lot of young, talented players who weren't necessarily getting opportunities. So we didn't really have a target. You know, we just said we wanted to compete. Now, we've seen a lot of the teams now. We've played most of the teams. Um, and we think that with the current couple of players we've got and with lots of people who all, you know, speak calling us nearly daily, trying to get involved in what we're doing as their project's starting to get more um, well-known and people are talking a bit more. We are confident that we will be able to, to stay in the league. And again, our predictions for next year might change and we might you know, look to push a bit higher. But for us, like I said, is, as well as helping the boys progress, you know, we do want to make sure that the boys can play at a level that we think is going to be suitable for them. And we do think sort of step five in non-league football is, is a really good um, foundation for these players to, to build and grow in um, and develop. So, yes, of course, we, we don't want to go down. And for us, it's important that we do try and stay in, stay in the league, um, but we will do that in again within the same style that we're trying to play now, and we won't move away from our philosophy of young players to try and do that because for us that'll be counterproductive. And the reason we've taken on this project is to support those young players. So, like I said, we'll get we will continue to use those young players to try and get us to, to where we want to be, and that's sort of towards the middle of the table between now and the end of the season. But that's not necessarily just the ambition of the club and us as a company more around like I said helping these players and the better the players are doing you know the better the team will do essentially yeah I mean your players will be learning a lot um, because obviously the, the landscape of the Western League Premier Division is is very competitive um, at the moment um, it, that landscape will change next season um, when the, the new league um, um, creates a, a second um, step five uh, division uh, I mean is that something I, I guess you've, you've got sort of two there's two ways of looking at it, isn't there? There's the economic benefits that come from not having the travel distances that you've got this season, but actually, in terms of competition, you must be welcoming the opportunity to travel, um, you know, down into Devon and Cornwall, coming up against sides that um, are really going to test your players. Your your players are going to uh, be learning a lot from playing down there. Definitely, and it's not necessarily the, the distance we're going; it's the different styles of teams that we're coming up against. So we've got, you know, a real good mix. Um, lots of teams who will would try to play similar to us and there are plenty who play a much more direct physical style and for us that's where the a lot of the um, developments come from these players there are players who have been in academies um, or been in within sort of college programs as well where they've got full-time football programs it's very very tidy football very technical um, very tactical and not particularly physical so we've got um, centre-backs who are probably heading the ball more than they've ever headed within an academy game and it's just, you know, it's real football. You know, that's what we speak to the boys about. Look, you're having to play real football now. It's not all going to be technical and tactical. You're going to have to step up physically. And this is where you're going to really develop because the players can handle the ball really well. They're very good tactically. We can change um, formation or style within a game and they can all pick it up because a lot of them are used to it from their academy days. But the physicality, you can't um, manufacture within training because we don't have those type of players. So we are coming up against it beginning of the season we really struggled with it and we're becoming much better at handling the sort of direct balls and the physical challenges and I think that those players who probably at the beginning of the season weren't ready to to necessarily play at this depth you know let alone higher just off the back of that very good technical players but just didn't know how to necessarily play the game against physical teams they're learning and growing every day and for us it's just it's a pleasure to watch and, and really good to see as the players confidence grows. 
Well, let's talk about the football because you've, you're going to have a busy week. You've, you're in Les Phillips Cup action uh, against Titherington Rocks and then you've got a tricky tie against Shepton Mallet on Saturday. Now, they've been playing um, really, really well this season, but they have had a change of management. So do you think that gives you a better chance of getting something out of the game? Um, I'm not sure. I think we, we played them away. Um, I think when people come to our place and on Saturday, they'll be coming up to us and we've got... We've on a 3G pitch, which helps our style of play. Um, and I think we've we've seen them play. Was, we lost 2-0. It was a really close game. Could have gone could have gone either way. Um, so again, I think it was a competitive game. Um, but you never know. I think you know they might have their sort of new manager bouts, or they you know it might be trying to get a new idea across. That might take them a few weeks. So we're really not sure. But it won't affect again the way we play. We try and focus on ourselves and. Um, within the game if we need to make changes off the back of the opposition we will do but we always try and stick to our plan and I think that it'll be a really good game because like I said the one away was uh, was an excellent game um, two teams who did play good football um, I know the manager who who's left now and, and goes to Polton so, and they've now got a new manager in so you know not 100% sure which, which way it will be but again hopefully it'll be a good competitive game and good for the fans to watch and fingers crossed we get the result uh, one final question for you, Marvin, and this is a question I ask everybody the first time I get them on the uh, Westernly podcast, and that is, can you tell us about your personal journey uh, to the Canesham Town dugout? Oh, gosh, right, this could be a, <laughs> could be a long one. Um, so I played, I was, a, I was at Bristol City from the age of eight um, as a young academy player until um, I got a scholarship, and then I played for the first team at 16. Um, you know, I was really lucky to do that. I was in the England youth team from under 15 to 18 as well, so had a good young sort of career, loads of good opportunities um, when I was younger. I um, spoke into the first team and was with Bristol City until 21. Um, during that time, I had a couple of loans at Cheltenham, Torquay, and so on. I got released at 21 and went into the non-league circuit if you want to call it that I played at Western and Salisbury and Chippenham and, and a few others and, but I was coaching more and more so Total Pro Soccer started when I was 24 and we started the company so as I was sort of playing and coaching um, it got to a point where around 28, 29 I had to really make a decision about what my weekends looked like and I thought coaching was going to end up being my, my career and trying to you know make sure the, the business was running successfully so I just made the decision to, to stop playing on a weekend and focus on the company and so I stopped at 28-29 and carried on coaching and, and like I said we've had a post-16 football academy which has taken up lots of our, our time myself and Ashley Morgan who owns the company um, and we've got lots of young players who run football camps and reserve a bit so basically running the company and coaching and then um, this opportunity came up um, in the summer and I have had three years um, back at Bristol City's academy full-time working within the professional development and youth development phase where I managed to finish my A-license um, badge and so on and I thought it was just the right time to step into men's football and really help these young players so that's a short version I won't bore you with the long <laughs> one but, um, but yeah so really just a playing and coaching background and and now um, this is the first time I've been involved in um, first team football from from the dugout. And my thanks to Marvin for his time. Now, our last game uh, to cover in the Premier Division, Tom, Sherbourne Town, they were at home to Mousel. And um, this was uh, this was a good trip 
into Dorset for the Cornish side. Yeah, absolutely. And one man in particular, really impressing. Uh, Reese Thompson, a uh, hat-trick for him, spearheading uh, Mausel's 4-1 win uh, at Sherbourne. Uh, they went ahead uh, after only two minutes, in fact, the away side in this one. So a good, good start to the contest for them. That was Mark Goldsworthy putting them in front. Uh, and then it was Thompson doubling their advantage midway through the first half. So a decent, decent opening to the game for Mausel. Uh, Alex Murphy did pull a goal back for the Zebras on the hour mark. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was as good as it got for them. And it was a couple more goals from Thompson, uh, helping them take home maximum points. And obviously his... Uh, yeah, it's terrific treble, the, the, the story of the afternoon. So a real, real, good, uh, real good outing for Mausel. 4-1 win at Rally Grove over Sherbourne. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now, moving on to the first division, and we kick things off at Ormondsbury. The visitors were league leaders Nowsy and Tickenham, and their excellent early season form continued on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, moving into top spot, as you say, because of this, uh, a 3-0 win uh, away at Ormondsbury. So yeah, decent. Another, well, another decent showing from them. They seem to, yeah, they seem to be uh, very comfortable in front of goal, scoring plenty of goals. Obviously, we mentioned earlier that uh, they lost one of their leading scorers uh, to, to Bridgewater, but that doesn't seem to have deterred them uh, in the first showing without him, in fact. Uh, so, yeah, it was a good, another, as I say, another good performance. Luke Osgood putting them ahead at the break. Uh, and then it was a couple of goals after the interval as well from Joe Berry and Jared Ford helping them round out the win. So, Nailsy and Tickenham, 3-0 victors away at Ormondsbury. Excellent stuff. And we move on to the Battle of the Bees. Bishop Sutton took on Brislington. We know how well Brislington have been doing um, this season, but Bishop Sutton have had some very good results as well, and um, I'm sure they'd be right up for this game. But, um, well, it was uh, it was to the visitors the spoils, Tom. Yeah, it was, and it was, yeah, it was a pretty, I mean, a 3-0 win in the end, but it was it was a very tight contest. Uh, goal was for 72 minutes, uh, so, yeah, not... Not much between the sides at that stage, and it was always going to be this man who scored, and it was Oakland Buck. Uh, been at Bishop Sutton for a while, scoring plenty of goals for them, probably their uh, their leading marksman for the last couple of seasons. And, uh, yeah, he was on the score sheet for Brislington, joined them recently, and, uh, yeah, it was obviously going to be him that broke the deadlock, and that was that was the case. Uh, putting Brislington ahead, and then, yeah, they, they pushed on after that. Uh, Joe McLennan and uh, Asa White helping them. Uh, round out the victory and they became the I think we'll touch on the tables later but they did become the third side to, to break through the 50 point barrier so uh, a decent decent showing from uh, from Brislington uh, continued uh, at way certain where they got yeah the 3-0 win yeah there's some real Western League royalty in those Brislington mm. ranks isn't there so, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. some big names there the Galacticos <laughs> um, right then um, moving on to Longwell Green Sports they were at home uh, against a rampant Gillingham town. Gillingham have been on a very good run of form that's seen them lift well off the bottom of the first division. But, um, well, Longwell Green Sports, um, they had other ideas. They really did, yeah. And it was a, a strong second half showing, uh, which helped them round out this one. So, uh, as you say, Gillingham have been on a bit of a tear recently, haven't they? Um, yeah, beating all and sundry and scoring plenty of goals. Uh, but it was uh, Longwell Green who, yeah, prevailed by four goals to one in the end. And it was... Uh, wasn't looking that way for maybe maybe long periods. It was one all just after the interval. Max Westlake scoring for for the away side, but yeah, Longwell Green 
in the end claiming claiming maximum points. It was Matt Brown. Uh, he was the hero for them, scoring a hat trick for for the hosts. And yeah, real good win against uh, a Gillingham side who obviously we've <laughs> been commenting on quite a lot of recently because obviously they've been um, yeah rising up the table uh, considerably. But uh, back down with a bit of a thump on the weekend. But uh, I'm sure they'll be back on the horse. And yeah, good good stuff from Longwell Green and Matt Brown. Absolutely. This was, a, this was a great opportunity, of course, to hear from their manager, um, Chris Allway. Now, I'd love to tell you that I started my conversation with Chris by asking if he always looked on the bright side of life. But I didn't. <laughs> I, I did ask him whether or not that win um, over Gillingham was as comfortable as the scoreline suggests. To be honest, we were... We were... <laughs> at full strength for once which uh, which made a massive difference to be honest but um yeah i think we're a pretty good value for uh for most of the game um like you said yourself they've been in good form lately and um yeah it was we were thinking it was going to be a tough game and it was a tough game to be fair but like i say i think we were we were good value and we we, we did play well and like i say it definitely helped having a few bodies back in the squad that i've not had for uh, for a while so yeah very pleasing very pleasing and you did owe them one, didn't you, after that result at their place uh, last month? Yes, we did, definitely, yeah. I think that was in the, in, in, at the forefront of all our minds. Um, and even their manager, after, sort of like really good guy, he sort of mentioned to me that, you know, that was in their minds as well, knowing that we were always going to be sort of at it Saturday, just purely because of what happened, you know, sort of a few weeks before. So, um, yeah, but that's football, I guess. You kind of, uh, no one really knows what's going to happen each week in this league and the league above is... Uh, it's crazy at the moment. It's, it certainly is. And I mean, does that really sort of sum, sum up your season? You know, the fact that, you know, you can be so good on Saturday and you, you said yourself you're at full strength and then, you know, you, you, things really did come off the rails. I mean, I remember going to Gillingham with Devizes last season and they put, they put nine past them as well. I know these things can happen, but I mean, it, it, it must be very frustrating from your point of view. It is, yeah, definitely. Because I think everyone, if you ask probably any manager in the league, is um, you're just looking for a little bit, a little bit of consistency, and that's probably been the hardest thing this year. Is we haven't been able to get any of that, you know, on the basis of sort of we've had some big injuries to key players. Alex Grimshaw's been out for quite a long time, and he's a, a massive party player coach, so that's been a big loss. Um, so yeah, it's been tough to get any sort of um, consistency. We've played 20 games, and I've had 20 different squads, so. Um, yeah, it's been tough, but equally, I know everyone else is in the same boat. So, you know, I can't sit here and sort of moan and cry about it. you just got to, you know, get on with it. And we're quite lucky that we've got under-18s and reserve sides. So we've given, you know, quite a few young lads a chance this year. So, yeah, there's always a there's always a positive in, in there somewhere. So, yeah. Because it had been quite a long run, hadn't it, without a win? I mean, you did get some, some draws uh, along the way, but it, it must have been, um, it must have been frustrating for you this season. Yeah, it's really been frustrating because a lot of the games that we have lost, we sort of, you know, <laughs> haven't played badly. We played two games against Bishop Sutton and sort of I get on with John really well. He's a nice guy. And, you know, we, he sort of said to me after, I don't really know how we've won that. It was sort of, you know, we'd, we'd not played badly in games. And I was going home sort of scratching my head and, you know, thinking how would we how would we lost that? But, you know, that's football. You've got you've to take your chances and keep them out of the other end. And we weren't doing that. So you're never going to win a game of football. So, um something we had to rectify and like I say luckily with a, with a few of the boys back we've, we've been able to do that over the last sort of couple of weeks in the Les Phillips game against Cabra Heath and then Gillingham on Saturday so fingers crossed we can um, we can maintain that for a few weeks now 
this interview, I don't want it to sound like doom and gloom, because, of course, your season started really brightly. You had back-to-back wins at the beginning of the season. I mean, what were your expectations going into this campaign? Um, just a bit continue building on last season. Obviously, there was a big change at the club last season with the pitch going in, obviously us stepping in and taking over. Um, so, you know, we, we were conscious of changing um, the way the club was run, as in, you know, utilising the under-18s and the reserves to give it a bit of stability and obviously give it a future as well because, you know, hopefully when we step away, whenever that may be, that, you know, in the next 10 years, they can maintain their Western League status by using young lads and players within the club. So we're quite we're quite um, adamant about doing that. So again, this season was just a case of, you know, I wasn't naive enough to think that I couldn't bring anyone in um, and we had to. So I, I brought Matt Brown in, um, new Matt for years so he sort of come in scored some uh, important goals for us this season so we'd always said if we can you know finish mid-table and keep building the club off the pitch and keep um, you know introducing these young lads into the first team and giving them a chance it's only going to benefit us in the future I think hopefully and in the longer term I mean what were your ambitions um, as manager of the side would you like to be involved in taking Longwell Green up to um, uh, up to step five I mean, I'd like to stop going Garrett Gray and keep all my hair. That would be the first uh, <laughs> first thing I'd like, to be honest. But um, whether that happens or not, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, obviously, love to one day when the time's right. But we're not. I'm not desperate. I'm not going to sit here and make silly decisions and say, right, let's do this, let's do that. It's going to put the club in trouble or to the detriment of the club. Um, we will do that when the time's right and when we feel the time's right. And luckily, we've got a, a great chairman and a great committee that you know have kind of left it up to us and you know we, we were fortunate enough to be in the Prem for 12 years and it's tough it's very tough so yeah love to one day but I think we've got to be sensible and do it when the time's right um, and I think we'll know when that is um, but at the moment yeah just keep building the club on and off the pitch and I think it naturally happened to be honest Ian um, I think you know we've been lucky enough to have a few promotions at Longwell Green and they kind of come when you least expect it so um, I think when you start pushing for it doesn't happen so yeah I think we'll know when the time's right but one day it'll be great too yeah and I guess the prospect of going up say I mean it won't necessarily be next season but you know in the future with the restructured leagues with the you know the Peninsula League merging with the Western League um, does that make that sort of geographical reorganisation does that make it more viable for your football club to be playing at that level yes I think so yeah um, you know like I say we were fortunate enough to be in that prem for for quite a number of years and we did a lot of travelling then so it's not alien to us maybe to some of the younger lads it possibly is but you know I think some of these away trips can be good fun good team building exercises so you know you don't want to be in a league where there's no travelling at all um, I think it benefits people at times to, to have a good away day um, so yeah but equally you don't want to be taking time off work and, and things like that we've all seen over the last couple of years what, what sort of problems that has created so um, it would be good to, to obviously get in that prem but like I say it's not something that we're, we're desperate for we're pushing straight away it's something that we're going to build over time and, and hopefully do it when the, when the club's ready for it Now moving back to matters on the field you've got a couple of midweek games um, uh, coming up for you over the next couple of uh, weeks and that starts with a Thursday game against Nowsey and Tickenham um, I mean playing them on any day of the week at the moment is proving challenging for most teams in the in the first division but I mean how do you feel about going there on a on a Thursday does, does that present you with more selection problems than you'd normally have on a Saturday? Um, no to be honest it's the first time this season touch wood at the moment um, first time this season that um, 
I've been able to pick the same squad for two games. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it. Obviously, when you when you've just won four one, you 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 can't wait until the next game. So um, yeah, no, we're looking forward to going down there. And um, hats off to them. They've, been, they've had a fantastic start to the season. So yeah, it's going to be a really good test of where where we are. So um, but like I say, on our day, I think you know we have shown this season when we're at it, we can give anyone a game in this league. Um, as can most teams, to be honest. So um, yeah, looking forward to go, going down there, and we'll we'll show them some respect because they deserve it. They've had a brilliant start to the season, but it's a game that we'll go in, uh, go and try and win for sure. And my thanks to Chris for his time. One final game to talk about in the first division, Tom. Oldland Abertonians, a seven-goal thriller, if a little one-sided against Shirehampton. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know if one of us did pick this game out last week, but we should have. It was two top five sides meeting, but it did go the way of Oldland. A 5-2 victory for them over Shirehampton. Um, coming from behind, in fact, to do so. Jay Spicer uh, putting the away side ahead after just three minutes. Uh, but yeah, by the time they were at halftime, they were they were behind. Owen McCallum uh, scoring from a tight angle. And then it was an excellent free kick from Harry Pruitt, giving the Abbots a 2-1 advantage at the time. Uh, Mason Davis coming off the bench to uh, extend Oldland's lead, uh, and then it was Stefan Lee pretty soon after, uh, making it 4-1. And it was yeah, it was all, all one-way traffic at that point. Uh, Oldland really, really doing well to, to as I say, um, come back from that early, early setback. Uh, and then uh, yeah, Shirehampton uh, scoring with a with a late header from George Primson, uh, but it wasn't it wasn't the final goal that that belonged to Oldland. Cashvin uh, injury time penalty from them giving them their their, their fifth goal of the afternoon. And yeah, real. Real strong result against uh, a fellow, um, as I say, top five side. So, uh, yeah, 5-2 Oldland uh, victors over Shirehampton. Yep, Oldland very much back in the hunt Absolutely. Um, for those um, those top places. Um, we'll look ahead to Saturday, the 26th of November uh, in the Premier Division, Tom. Which fixture has caught your eye? I've gone for Ilfracoon versus Helston. I think, yeah, obviously... I wouldn't say slim pickings, but this was probably the one that, that stu- stood out a little bit for me this weekend. I think both probably on the back of uh, two good wins for them on the weekend, each 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 scoring a couple of, uh, yeah, a fair few goals. And uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they meet again on the weekend. Obviously, another Devon v Cornwall clash. So uh, yeah, let's see how uh, Ilfra Coombe v Helston goes ahead. Now, I've gone for Canesham against Shepton Mallet. Nice choice. Obviously, we've had Canesham on the podcast this week because they won. Mm. Um, so they're in. We we know that you know they're in good form. Can they follow that up with a with another win? Under normal circumstances, I don't think many of us would have given them much hope against Shepton Mallet. But of course, Shepton have recently parted company um, with their management um, duo, and there have been some um, manoeuvrings in the personnel department as well. So uh, it'd be very interesting to see whether Canesham. Um, Cat Shepton uh, at a good time, and also, you know, for the rest of us in the Western League, we'll be interested to see how well Shepton are managing this transition because, of course, their season has been going phenomenally well so far, and um, uh, you know they've been looking a real class act. So, uh, if uh, if they return to winning ways, um, then um, then we'll know that uh, Shepton are here to stay. What about the first division, Tom? What games caught your eye there? Gone for FC Bristol against Warminster. So obviously, I think Warminster. I think it'd be fair to say they're doing pretty well at the moment, the recent revival, and uh, I think it's a pretty good test. Uh, away, away game against the Bristol who Bristol side who, yeah, I'm pretty sure, I'm going to have to double-check this, but I'm pretty sure they were um, had a, a little tough tough outing on the weekend. Yeah, there was a, a pretty heavy defeat for them, so they'll be they'll be smarting a little bit, I'd have thought. So uh, 
uh, hosting Warminster, I think that's a, a pretty good, uh, pretty good test of, for both sides, really. Uh, see how FC Bristol hit back. And I've gone for a visit to the Theatre of Cheese. Mm-hmm. Now, Cheddar, um, I think we've, you know, they're, they're currently in the lower echelons of the First Division, which is not a position that they normally occupy. They're a club in transition, but still very competitive in the Tool Station Western League. Um, they're up against Almondsbury. Now, Almondsbury haven't been having the season that I thought they'd have. I thought they were they, they were certainly developing nicely and looking to push up from uh, mid-table. So this is an interesting tie. Um, both sides locked on 17 points. We will be doing the tables in a minute, but of course, whoever wins this one, unless it's a draw, which inevitably will be, um, uh, will obviously go above uh, above the other. So an interesting tie there in the lower reaches of the first division. Uh, and on that bombshell, we will look ahead to the league tables and we'll be starting with the Premier Division, Tom. Do you want to take us through the runners and the riders at the top of the Premier Division? Love to, yeah. So uh, Soltash uh, sitting top. Uh, the Ashes on uh, 49 points uh, from their 20 games. They've got 15 victories. So, yeah, pretty pretty decent showing so far from them. Uh, Bridgewater very much up with them, though, up, keeping with the pace. One game in hand, so they've played 19. They've also won 15. Uh, and they're on 48, so just a point behind. So it's looking like a real good title battle between those two. Uh, goal difference very much in, in Bridgewater's favour at the moment. But obviously they, uh, they do sit a point behind, as I say. Uh, but those are the top two. Pulled away a little bit, I would say. But the the teams behind all got games in hand. So that could, could change over, over the space of the next few months on, on teams catching up. And Mausel currently sit third. A good, obviously a good 4-1 win for them on the weekend, we mentioned. Uh, so they've played 16 and they're on 33 points. Uh, you've then got Shepton, who've also played 16. Uh, a point further back on 32. And the other side, who currently have... Uh, more than 30 points are Buckland. Uh, 18 games played. They've won 10 of those, so it's uh, pretty, pretty decent, uh, decent showing from from the Bucks, and they've got 31 points. So that's the uh, that's how the top five sits in the uh, Premier Division at the moment. And at the bottom of the Premier Division, we have Canesham Town. They've played 19. Uh, they've got 12 points. That's the same number of points as Tor Point, who have only played um, 17 games. Um, one point. Above them is Wellington. They've played 15 games. They've got 13 points. And then one punt, one point above them, we've got Sherbourne Town and Cabri Heath, both on um, 14 points. So quite congested at the uh, at the foot of the Premier Division table. And indeed, if results go with you, it is possible to um, to go from 19th up to uh, up to 15th. So um, worth keeping an eye on. Um, now we'll we'll move our attention to the first division. Of course, long-time league leaders. We were talking about it a lot on the podcast. Tom, Well City. They they no longer sit atop mm. of the first division. Absolutely, we've got we do have new leaders, as you say, Nailsy and Tickenham. This is looking like a real good battle for uh, for the for the title in the first. It usually is, isn't it? The last couple of years we've had some really uh, really en- enticing uh, title chases. Um, I remember sort of Sherborne and Welton last year going at it, and a couple of other. Other seasons where we've had uh, two or three teams pulling away at this stage and and uh, keeping keeping tabs on one another, and it look it's looking that case again. Uh, we've got as I say, Nailsy and Tickenham, 23 games played. Uh, they've won 18 of those. Obviously, new boys this year, and they're on 56 points with a 53 goal difference. Uh, you've then got Wales, 22 games played, so one in hand. Uh, they also have 56 points, and they're a goal difference of 41, so they're 12 behind at the moment. But obviously. Uh, yeah, well, still pretty much half the season to play, but those two are both on 56 points. So it's uh, brilliant stuff from them. And Brislington, as I said, 
They've now reached 50 points as well, so they are not too far behind. They do have a game in hand on Wells and two on Nails and Tickenham. So uh, if the uh, the Galacticos, as you call, as you call <laughs> them, have the, the the good second half, then they'll very much um, yeah very much be uh, up with those two, won't they? Uh, 21 games played, 16 victories, 50 points, as I say. So those three potentially pulling away a little bit. Uh, obviously, Oldland, their big win on the weekend over. Over fifth place, Shirehampton, uh, as I say, keeps Oldland in fourth. Uh, could have could have switched places with a with a uh, reverse of that result, but it's them who are on 42 points, and Shirehampton also played 20, and they're on 37. And then you've got FC Bristol uh, a point further back on 36. So that's how the uh, the top six currently lie in the first division. And everything we know about um, Project Southwest tells us so far that the top four will be viable for promotion uh, into the new step five setup across the two uh, across the two leagues as they currently are the western league and the peninsula league so that's why it's important to keep an eye on that we will be doing an interview with john paul and with phil hiscox um to give the listeners an update on sort of how project southwest is um, progressing and um, that's going to be hopefully coming up certainly well before Christmas um, and I think that's one of the reasons why looking at the top of the table in the first division that, that those top four places that race for the top four is um, is so important um, my perennial role in life of course is to look at the bottom of the first division and um, at the moment we can see that the um, the bottom team if you look at the uh, the, the, the league table is Bristol Telephones they have played 21 games. They've got 11 points. Um, uh, above them on 21st is Bishops Lydiard. They've um, played 18 games. They've got 12 points. The same number of points as Radstock, but Bishops Lydiard do have three games in hand over Radstock Town. Now, of course, for many weeks, we've lamented the fact that poor old Ray Johnson has been at the bottom of the table. Well, Radstock have certainly moved away from that. They've gone from 22nd to 20th. So I'm sure Miners fans will be hoping um, for an upward trajectory from now on. Uh, they're going to have a little bit of work to do if they're going to manage that because Almondsbury, who sit above them, are five points clear, as are Cheddar in 18th. So Radstock with a little bit of work to do to catch those up. Um, but that's the uh, the foot of the first division um, for you. Tom, we have been reviewing your excellent bulletin. Thank you so much, mm. as always, for that. Where can the listeners find it? Yeah, no worries. So that's on the uh, Toolstation Western League uh, official website. If you get to the get to the homepage... Uh, and then scroll about halfway down or so, you will reach that. And that's, uh, yeah, that comes out every week. And, um, yeah, that covers all the games that have happened and looks ahead to what's what's to come uh, and gives you your stats and your photos and whatnot. So, yeah, that comes out every week. Excellent stuff. A look ahead to what's to come. What is to come, listeners? The biggest football tournament mm -hmm. in the world. And that tournament is the Tool Station Western League. And you've been listening to the podcast.